The Bad and Ambitious Podcast is an unfiltered and authentic podcast where I will be discussing topics relating to self-improvement, finance, and relationships. I'm redefining what a bad bitch is, and I'm giving you the tools to be your most well-rounded and confident self. Follow me on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to podcasts. For up-to-date information and motivational content, follow my Instagram at the Bad and Ambitious Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Hello baddies, welcome back to the Bad and Ambitious Podcast. On today's episode, there is a trigger warning because we do talk about suicide, self-harm, and depression. So if you are sensitive to those topics, just tune into the next episode. Hey Kami, how are you? I'm doing great, and you? Good. So today we're going to talk about your one week in a mental health facility. And yes. Can you just give us a little introduction about yourself? So I do content creating and mini blogs. Basically, like I'm just starting out. Like I've been doing it for a long time, but I'm more into creating content and trying to grow other people and count and help them with tips and tricks. So that's basically what I mostly do. Also, I do, well, equestrian. So yeah, that's it. (laughs) Cool. So what's your definition of a bad bitch? I feel like a bad bitch is like an empowered woman that knows what she wants in life and future. Uh, But sometimes she can cry out when she needs to. So yeah, yeah. I cry so much. (laughs) Me too. <laughs> Literally, I cry like, well, maybe it's because I was depressed, but like I would cry. Like, <laughs> I have know, moments. Multiple, yeah, multiple times a week and it's mm-hmm. fine. Like being a bad bitch is just also being true to yourself and your emotions too. You know, it's not about being yeah. like tough all the time. And I think being empowered is just knowing, you know, also what your needs are. And if you need to cry, mm-hmm. then Exactly. Because you're in Puerto Rico and you're Hispanic, mm-hmm. what's how would you like? I guess translate that into Spanish because I don't know if there's an equivalent of like bad bitch in Spanish. Um, I've never heard of it, but if we have to say, I would choose to say like, you know, Carol G, like she has this bichota thing. Oh like, yeah, yeah, you are like empower woman. Like it is una mujer empoderada que sabe lo que quiere. So yeah, true. I'm yeah, guessing that's, that's how I would put it out in Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> you were in a mental health facility and what made you end up going there? So the it was something random. Like I had I was going through lots, like I was carrying a lot of pain in me. Because I had lost, like, my grandma, my, well, my cousin, my dad. And, well, I was, like, feeling like nobody was listening to me. And, like, I was in a hole. And I was going through therapy. But then my counselor or therapist, I don't know, like, he gave up on me. Like, I don't know why he just let me go. What do you mean? Nobody. Yeah. Like, he bailed me out, basically. And I was so needed of talking to someone. And I was trying to get an uh, an appointment, get my mom to talk to me. But instead of doing that, they were judging me. Like, it was really rough. And I went through this loop in my head. Like, I was not worth it. And I was feeling so low. And I tried to end it, you know? Like, I don't yeah. want to say it like that like to take my life away but I just wanted to end pain and so I ended up to like taking some overdose pills (laughs) and so I ended up in the rehab and it was a crazy night for me it was a a lot so yeah kind of go through I needed someone to listen to yeah I mean that's definitely valid like what you went through obviously that's very hard to go through and mm-hmm. it's a shame that someone who actually you're actually reaching out for help and that person's mm-hmm. not helping you and they're making it worse especially at a time of crisis and need and still I kind of like my family's like yo you need to go to someone to talk and sometimes you just need to talk out problems you cannot 
be all the time making a third person come into the conversation when it's a situation we have to fix, you know? So yeah. it's hard. It's hard. It's still kind of, I struggle a little bit, but you know, it's, it's, it's getting better. <laughs> For the day that you did all that. So who called like for you to go there was it like you were hospitalized like in the ER and they sent you there or what well okay from my from the house I was living by that time with my uncle I guess I don't I don't remember well they took me to the hospital they weren't gonna do it because I already had indulged uh, I don't know how to say like tried vomiting yeah um, so um I just said it I was like I took I overdosed like I announced it and so they took me to the ER and they had me there like strap on and they started to notice that I had cuts and stuff like I play with my dog you know and I used to play with cats and I didn't have any cut like I did and they were like oh you have you're doing this and you're doing that and I wasn't even cutting myself so it was like I'm not hurting me I just yeah. did this so, and I, they started to ask me stuff, and I got a little bit pissed off because, you know, like, the ER was really mean, and they were not being comprehensive, and they were being kind of aggressive towards me. So, they ended up calling the rehab, and they say it was a behavioral center, but I swear that it was a rehab. So, they took me, and I didn't have any clothes, like... I have the one from that I came in with to the hospital, but then I didn't have. So these two men appear out of the blue and they put me in this car. Like I was like in a police car almost. And I'm like, oh, am I under arrest for something that is not like in terms of my of me thinking like I didn't do anything to no one. So they take me that night. It was like 3 a.m. of the morning and it was a long drive. And so they took me in and they undressed me. They shagged me and I felt so uncomfortable because they were like undressed in front of a person I didn't know, which was, was a, a man. Oh my no, God. No, it was not a woman. It was a, a male. So can you imagine like, <laughs> and they were like trying to, they were checking my body to see if I had cuts, if I had anything that I would have done. They were checking my my hair, everything, and they just gave me this paper, um, I don't know how to say it, bata, like, they gave yeah. me this, the, I like, don't know. Yeah, yeah, like, medical paper thing. Yes, it was like, it was like a scrub, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was bad, and I stayed for hours with that, like, I didn't have any clothing, like, I felt so bad I felt sad I was feeling worse and then they took me to that room with no window just a little bit of light and I look at this guy and I'm like I'm not doing this again <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was a horrible experience at first but then I started to notice there were more people in the world that had worse and they were like there for drugs or military issues like you know army that they kind of have traumas and yeah. yeah they have little kids in one area too and I was like what what is this and it was kind of scary at first but then I started to cope and be around people so I started to feel a little bit better but I was like how am I gonna get here out of here and pretend that I'm fine because I was not feeling good at all it was making it worse and a friend of mine there in there he said um we have to pretend fake it till you make it you know yeah <laughs> so you have to fake that you're okay even if you're not so they can let you out in seven days and for me it wasn't seven days it was a lot of days I thought I was there for a month so so you didn't have like a phone, right? No, Obviously. nothing. Phone, no contact. My mom didn't pick up the phone like in 24 hours. Like I didn't have clothes till two days later. Like it was bad. 
and I didn't want it to shower at first because I didn't have cold and I was like I can't <laughs> it was horrible like my hair was crazy like it is bad you know does anyone in your family or your friends empathize with you this whole time? Or do you think that they were kind of making you feel worse about it? My friends, I'm not that of having too much friends because when I was over there, like my the friends I had, they start they stopped talking to me. Like they, I say that they weren't my friends and they never knew about this because I felt ashamed and other family members knew about it, but they didn't empathize at all. And I was feeling ashamed about what I did. Like, I I was feeling bad. The only one that I could say was my cousin. She was, she visited me almost more than my mom. So she visited me and she gave me clothes. She gave me what I needed. So she was the only one because I think she went to rehab too once in one time. Because almost the same, but with alcohol, like really bad hangover mm-hmm. thing she had. And it was bad for her. But she was the only one. So, but I feel ashamed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think you should be ashamed. Everyone goes through things. Mm-hmm. Everyone is going to reach a breaking point. Yeah. I've had very dark thoughts. People will probably never guess that I've had very mm-hmm. depressive thoughts. But everyone goes through that. And, yeah. you know, it was just something that happened. And you can yeah. learn and no shame in that yeah and I felt so bad so many years because like I was I wanted to tell my story you know like what I went through but like people over here that's that like some Hispanic community and even Puerto Rico like they still believe like oh you're a loco if you went to rehab and you're crazy you're nuts you know like and they don't want to talk to you anymore because they say oh that's the loco of the of street you know like yeah. it's really bad that that and also friends that I had they weren't like they were it, it was a moment that when I came back to Puerto Rico I almost fell again on that loop because they were feeding me bad things Mm-hmm. And I said, I cannot do this. <laughs> I can't. I can't do this again. So it's, it's something that either you learn or you don't. So do you feel like, I guess, maybe in, you know, our, this part of like America, I think things are more open with mental health and whatnot. But I do understand with the whole Hispanic thing, because a lot of people also, I, they don't have resources to even go yeah. to therapy. Yeah, so for I, them it's hard to like. I'm help. guessing, and I don't want to be cruel, but I feel like people that know about the topic and have like good heart, like they emphasize with mental health, and they know about it and they read and are. I'm guessing it's for both, either Hispanic or America, because. Over there, I I've seen people that they say, "Oh no, that's not your mental health. You're you're not you're not crazy. That just you may making that up." Like, and if I say I'm, I have social anxiety. It's like, "Oh no, you don't have it. You're shy." I'm like, "I'm not shy," you know. Um, I have my social anxiety, and it exists, and I cannot be talking too much to people because I get nervous or. I start making things with my hands or moving or doing something. So (laughs) I definitely have had social anxiety and it sucks so bad because it's funny because I did another episode with these girls and I was like Mm -hmm. telling them that I I get nervous sometimes and they're like, they like kind of didn't believe me because they're like, like, (laughs) yeah, and whatever. But like, I have to run certain events for this organization. Mm -hmm. One time recently, this was like, I don't know if it was this year or the end of last year. I had to run a panel and I was, my body like shut down. Like I was sweating yeah. so hard and I yeah. like speak like a normal person and I just like froze. Yeah. And it's like and your I, body just goes into like this fight or flight mode. Yes, and you just it, like, it does. It there's does. nothing, there's nothing you can do to not act like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't know what it is. But yeah. it definitely is normal. Like everyone, no one's perfect. Everyone has somewhat of some type of issues. 
and mm-hmm. people need to stop like making other people feel bad for feeling normal human emotions exactly. and i think exactly you being in touch yeah. with your emotions is honestly like a step ahead a lot of people yeah. especially like men they're not aware mm-hmm. or don't know how to recognize what they're feeling and then mm-hmm. that gets like suppressed and You're- then it comes out in another form of like anger or you know i sometimes like i like i repress my feelings because like if i talk out they say oh you're just depressed and sometimes i know when i'm depressed and when i'm seasonal depressed and when i'm bipolar depressed because that's a new one for me like i just got diagnosed with something new yay me so (laughs) it's like well you don't know if i'm frustrated or i'm angry or i'm just sad because it's not only just my depression, I can be human, and I don't necessarily have to be, like, depressed to be sad. I just, something could happen, make me sad, and I know when, when I'm depressed, I just shut down, and I don't want to talk to no one, so it's, it's kind of hard to people understand, even my family, like my mom, like, it's hard for them to understand what we go through, and... Yeah. They just assume we have to talk with a therapist. They just assume you have to keep drinking pills, you know, like taking them. And they just assume that, oh, well, then you're just not doing well. And sometimes emotionally we explode and she's like, oh, you're doing bad. So you have to go back to to like a therapist or the psychiatrist or I don't know. And it's like tiring, too, because they just don't read on the topic on how to help you know so it's hard (laughs) kind of what are some ways that you think that people can help you or just anyone going through something because for me I was in therapy and I've mentioned this before in other episodes but I am not in therapy anymore because I switched jobs I need to wait for like Mm -hmm. my insurance thing but it definitely Mm -hmm. did help to talk to somebody that was kind of I mean someone you, you don't like know day to day okay and just have feedback or just have someone you know validate your feelings I think just even having your feelings validated is mm-hmm. and even well, if you just accept yourself you know where you're at yeah, yeah. well I'm gonna be honest I I always say therapy is good because there are good you know doctors and um professionals but for me my experience experience was horrible with the um, psychologist like they don't over here it's hard to find someone good because they kind of don't understand like the depression or the anxiety so I stopped going I just went straight to my psychiatrist that he has helped me a lot and also well when quarant- being quarantined helped me People say, oh, I hate it being, like, in quarantine in the house all the time. But for me, it was the opposite because I opened many situations that I had. Like, I just opened my heart and I said, I have to get out of this and, like, start meditating. I just cope on meditation, the law of attraction, and doing the things that I used to like and do when I was little like painting and I had to stop a lot of things when I was little because I went through too much I had to grow up fast so doing even horses helped me a lot because it helps um depression and and lots of other things that equestrian has in benefits so just trying to focus on me being healthy and cleaning my soul was like I think the best thing that happened to me in terms of kind of healing everything I went through even though some things were gonna come worse or better and just knowing that the future is uncertain that I can go through a lot of things but I have to handle them however they come so yeah no, I, I agree with you. And I did start therapy like a few years ago when I was going through a breakup, but the lady kind of mm-hmm. sucked yeah. and then she, like changed her timing. And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't even need this. Like, I felt like I was ahead of her. You know what I mean? And like when I was going through it, 
it mm-hmm. was like too late. You know what I mean? Like when I was yeah. dealing with it, I was dealing with it then. Like, and then it would be like, okay, well, let's see each other next week. But by next week, I already like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of made steps yeah. forward. So I kind of felt like I was repeating the same shit from the past. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I kind of was just like, I don't need this shit. But then with my new guy, I don't really, I didn't like have anything major I was going through. Just like some, I guess like a little bit of depression, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, like, seasonal depression because it was the end of the year. But yeah. it definitely did help. Like, he was cool. Like, he was younger. Like, he was chill. Like, he could relate to, like, how I would talk and stuff. And yeah. he kind of just didn't really do much other than just, like, listen to me talk and, like, <laughs> yeah. make me feel like I wasn't crazy over certain things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I get you. But yeah. I've, I've, I've had to go through a lot of psychologists and none of them, like, I'm still trying to see if I want to go to one because, man, horrible experience. Like, they don't help too much. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, I mean, my, maybe because, like, I, I don't know what it was. And I didn't see him <laughs> for that long, but it just felt like he didn't really give me, like, tools to really mm, do anything. Yeah. But, like, he did serve for what I needed. You know what I mean? I just needed someone to hear me talk and cry. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, with me it was the not giving tools, not knowing how to help, and texting while doing the therapy. Like they they just flip the phone out and start texting. Like wait, hold on. I'm like, what? I'm paying you. I'm paying you for you to help me understand and get to a point. What the hell? Oh, yeah, they do that. Like I had like three over here doing that. Even. Even the counselor I went when I was living in, in Louisiana, like, they <laughs> they just took the phone out and they were, hold on, it's my son, hold on, it's my daughter, or blah, blah. Oh, hell no. Yeah, and I was like, I'm not going to be paying for this. Uh-uh. No, that's unprofessional. And mm-hmm. that's like, they're not caring. It's only one hour that they're talking to you. They can't, like, what the Exactly. Hell? I would be so pissed. <laughs> but I do like what you said about, you know, I guess taking accountability for your own emotions and like mm-hmm. doing the things that are like healing your inner child and you know are like making us relax like a lot of what you mm-hmm. said is self-care like meditating yeah. and like you know doing those little things that those are free you know like yeah <laughs> is free and you can do it anywhere and exactly. that definitely does help yeah it does and you know like me going back to stuff that I love and not like getting out of my comfort zone, being able to do things that maybe people, oh, you're so childish or you're in your 29 and you're still doing this. Hey, it makes me happy. It's not your life. And if it's perfect for me to handle and I'm being healthy with my mental health, like makes and it helps. Well, I'm happy with me. Like go me. Cause yeah, first exactly. is you. It's like my abuelita say like, um, first is you. And then the others. And if you're not doing well, then you cannot be doing anything else. And I know yeah. it's hard. It's not like the same for everyone. Mental health is like different, but you can get out of it. You know, like you can at least heal a little bit and keep on going to your therapy just mm-hmm. in case, you know? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think I never really have cared about what anyone thought about me. And I think it's good that you're just, you know, you have to take care of yourself regardless. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you're the person that you go home to and you're the person who has the thoughts in your head that are, you know, you're fighting and that are negative. And, you know, it's a battle. And yeah. I've been there, you know, mm-hmm. of course, like everyone goes through things in different severity levels. But I've been there and I can empathize with the things you're going through. But I think also being alone and like being comfortable being alone. And what I do a lot is I like in my head, I'm like, okay, if I'm mad about something, if something triggers me, what's the reason? Because sometimes it's like you're mad about something, but it's like really not what you're mad at. It's like, okay, this goes back to this or maybe this time or like maybe this triggered. It happened to me like I get anxiety for no reason I still have my anxiety attacks and I still deal with them and sometimes I have like an anxiety for a week and I'm like what where where the heck did this came from like from nothing and I'm like well if you just want to come out my anxiety wants to be free for no reason then that's perfect I'm just processing something I don't remember 
or something happened and I didn't even knew, notice that trigger me and then it triggers me later on. So yeah. I just write it down or just ignore it. So yeah, for me, anxiety, I can't drink coffee because it gives me really bad anxiety. Do you drink coffee? Oh, girl, I, I'm like, I don't know. I drink coffee all the time. <laughs> Like, I'm like, why am I drinking coffee if I have anxiety? Like, I ask my question that all the time because it's like I do sometimes like I don't do it because I know it's not good. But when I have that craving, oh, girl, like I have to I have to get it. But it doesn't affect me. I try to drink the cow okay. like not not too much, but. Like, try to see one that doesn't have too much caffeine, and that's Girl, it. I so. cannot drink coffee. Like, I literally have – I stopped drinking coffee maybe, I don't know, two years ago. And I didn't really drink it that much growing up. But when I did mm -hmm. drink it, I started to realize that, like, I would get, like, panic. Like, in my heart, I would feel yeah. like something really bad was going to happen. And I'm like, why do I feel like mm – -hmm. And I it literally made me feel so bad that I, like, I – I'm guessing that happened to me with – like Puerto Rican coffee like there's one a specific coffee that makes me climb all the walls <laughs> and I feel and my mom buys it and everyone I think that drinks that coffee here like it's horrible like if they tell you about it I'll show you I'll show you later but don't ever if you ever come don't drink that coffee <laughs> yeah like because you will be feeling really bad yeah caffeine like I noticed that it just wasn't I can't drink it like I like the taste mm -hmm. and everything but I just can't like I know it's not good for me and I find that Nescafe is like the one to go for me because I don't feel anything of caffeine okay because I do like I yeah. would like to try it again one day but I would want to I need to like do it in like a safe space you know what I mean yeah, I get you. I get like, you. <laughs> even if I drink it, like, during, maybe, like, an afternoon, like, I can't sleep that night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, um, here, they drink morning, evening, with, uh, bread, like, yeah. or, um, crackers, and maybe night. I've seen people drinking during night. I'm like, how do you sleep? I wish. I I can't even sleep with melatonins, and I'm like, I'm a, I'm an owl already. <laughs> do you another coping mechanism? Do you do breath work? Because that's what one thing my therapist did tell me that I should do. I do it. Sometimes works. Sometimes doesn't work at all. But while riding horses is one of the main keys that they taught me, like take breath and. Like breathe in, breathe out, you know. And I think by that by this time, I already have more or less. I do them frequently when I'm driving or when I'm like feeling that I'm gonna explode and with my anxiety or something. So I start doing it and start engaging with cleaning or something while I do it, so I can forget about the thought. Yeah, and. It kind of helps because but sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of depends on the mood, I guess. Yeah, I think that, I mean, I'm obviously not a therapist or anything, but I think that when you have negative thoughts, like for me at least, sometimes I just tell that thought to like shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? Yeah, me too. Because like, I don't know what it is that like when it I do go through those episodes that it's like, you mm -hmm. start telling yourself shit that like you normally wouldn't tell yourself and See, yeah it's like comes out of nowhere but I guess it comes from somewhere because like yeah like driving I have this thing I hate driving like sometimes I do like it sometimes I don't when I'm tired of driving but if I have to go long and my brain starts oh you're we're gonna crash or the wheel or this or that and I'm like shut up like nothing's gonna happen even riding my horse is like oh you're gonna fall from the horse I'm like what the heck like yeah but we do have crazy. control like over you know for the most part have control over like you know we can fight that little voice mm -hmm. 
yeah. and train it um, to like not be so loud. I would say it might not go yeah, away. Some, you know, sometimes it's kind of hard, but you can do it. Like if you engage, like I say, if you engage, like doing something else, like cleaning or drawing or listening to music, something that boosts your mood, that helps. Yeah. Shout that little voice because it's annoying. Yeah, and. But I also think that, like, if you think, because I do think that, too, like, if I'm driving, I'm like, what if, like, I always, I I don't know if everyone has these thoughts, and I think it's important to talk about it, because, like, what if we're all, Mm -hmm. what if we all literally think the same thing all the time? Yeah, I wondered the same, because people don't actually say this, because, I mean, I might, they might be afraid of, like, expressing this, but even in my own house, I'm like, something's gonna, someone's gonna come in and like do this and take your stuff out or i don't know and i'm like not not no one's coming in like where's the evidence like where the heck are you getting these thoughts exactly and i always wonder am i the only one thinking because i know of a friend that she has anxiety and other things so i know she has like intrusive thoughts like she says but i'm like what (laughs) I think, yeah, I, don't I think know. it's kind of normal, or maybe we're just uh, not normal people. <laughs> Probably. I think about it all the time. I'm like, what if I get into a car accident right now? Like, I would think mm-hmm. about death. I'm like, what if I die? Like, what about my stuff, like, in my house? Like, things that, like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, yeah. why would I even think that, you know? Like, I was hanging out two weeks ago, and where I live is not the best place. Like, I mean... It more or less is, but too much people come in and out, like, people from the street or whatever. And, like, I was, it was, like, 1 a.m. of the morning, and I was coming from a party. So, I was, like, get out of the car quick, because someone might come and take you. And I'm, like, what the, what in the heck is this thought? Like, what's going on? <laughs> I'm, like, shut up. I'm fine. I just got home. We're fine. There's nothing around. I look always around me just in case so (laughs) I was like what is this like so I don't know (laughs) those thoughts are crazy (laughs) yeah I just think it also stems down from not feeling obviously emotionally safe or physically safe Mm -hmm. and I guess Mm -hmm. we should like think about like okay what's gonna make me feel safe right now and like thinking about the reality of the situation like okay I'm in a safe car I'm driving Mm -hmm. at a safe speed you know, you're looking around and like you have to kind of calm yourself. And also, I've learned mm-hmm. about like the whole like parenting yourself, which is interesting. Yeah. That you kind of have to like talk to yourself, like I guess a little kid would. You know, like you exactly be, like you know, yeah. if you see a little kid freaking out, like they're lost, they're confused, you wouldn't yeah. tell the little kid, "Hey, you're like never gonna find your mom." You know, you're gonna feel like this forever. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't say that. You would tell a little kid, "Hey, like you're gonna be okay. Like let's find your mom." Or you know, you're gonna, you know, you you're there for the kid. You tend for the kid. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like kind yeah. of treat yourself in the way that you would want. Yeah. Sometimes to I'm really rough because I'm like, I have to treat myself a little bit rough because I know if I don't do it, my brain's gonna keep going. But I try to being nice to myself because i have to you know (laughs) yeah exactly so to talk more about your experience in the facility like how did they like feed you did you have like time to like talk to other people like was the food good like what was the daily routine the food the food was i would say uh it was fake food i could say because it tasted pretty much bad like it tasted like they just got it out of the can and just throw it there that would make me even like more depressed you know yeah and it was sad because i'm vegan well kind of not that full vegan anymore but i used to be full vegan and it was hard for me to choose and they had these bodyguards or something i don't know looking at us like to see if they finished the food like i had to indulge the food like really bad but if I didn't want it more I just threw it away and talking to other people yes because we had this little space and they had arts and crafts and stuff we I would always have a paper and pen and I would draw 
which it was weird for me to have a pen or I think I had a crayon, which I don't know whichever because they didn't want anything pointy, yeah. but that, that was the only two things that were pointy. So if they were trying to protect another one about attempting something, it was not helping. But anyways, um, I would... I did friends, like I met people there in there and we exchanged numbers and stuff. And some of them, I see them in social media and they're kind of doing well. And some of them, well, they're still fighting. And well, it, it was a nice and bad experience because I met other people and bad because how they treated us and how they were aggressive to other people waiting for their psychiatrist they we had to wait weeks one like there was a guy that was waiting for like two weeks for his psychiatrist or i don't know to see a dog i didn't even see the psychologist till the almost the end almost when i almost went home so that's so like, like twisted how like you would think that you know like you go to the doctor they have things to help you you know like exactly they give like, you surgery like you know there's a time crunch i mean of course like also in america it's not that great sometimes yeah. but like you know there's resources at the hospital but for mental mm -hmm. health it's so messed up that like that is still a valid concern and that's a still valid you know people are going through they, it yeah and it's sad because they would lie and they would say oh yeah she's coming tomorrow to see you BS like I was like you saw her and I would ask them and they were like no she didn't come and I haven't seen her or heard of her they need to change this or have to change my medication and I was like so sad for them I was like feeling bad because I could see their frustration and wanting to get better go home and see their kids or family but they weren't helping either and few of them they said oh we have to stay more more time and do more time in here and me I was frustrated because I asked when the doctor was coming like the psychiatrist I don't know and they were yeah she's coming tomorrow she's coming but almost one day before going home that's when I saw her and she said, do you really want to go home? Like, she was trying to keep me in there more days. Like, and I was like, no, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> so, like, like I guess, yeah. what's the point if they're not going to do anything for you and just give you medication? Like, is it just, like, a timeout or something? Like, I guess it's like a timeout. I mean, this was supposedly, like, I don't know. It was a behavioral center, but for me, it was feeling more like a rehab, like I said, and I really don't get it. Like, I never saw a psychologist. They just had nurses there, like, attending us, and a pastor went once, and there was this other dude. I don't know what was his job. Like, I had no idea what, what he's doing, and once we have one group therapy which it didn't work and um I didn't even want it to talk but they made us talk and I didn't want it to do it because I didn't want it to say why I was there so but I don't know I don't feel like they help a lot in there like the reviews from the place horrible <laughs> like they have bad reviews so yeah, I can imagine I can say it Mm-hmm. Damn. So what do you think would have helped you? Like, if people actually talked to you, if they had more resources, like, how was that? Also, like, the aesthetic of a place definitely makes a difference, too. Like, if it looked more inviting, I would think that... Exactly. Yeah. If it looked more pleasing to the eye and more, like, feeling like at home, I think that would help a little bit. And if I had the, like... Uh, a team of people actually giving therapy and not just group therapy just individual therapy and trying to help and figure out why I did this or like why or what do you need where do you need help how can I help you organize thoughts or anything in between those lines and being able to make someone get out of that place that they were feeling like that's what they need and being more nice not yeah. just not being flirty because people like 
tend to misinterpret it, like being like nice and you know like oh if we emphasize we we cannot attend you well but it's not being like that you're being cold-hearted and aggressive toward a patient and I feel like sometimes you need to be nicer and engage and emphasize more and be able to be caring for others so that's what I would say yeah and that's simple like people even just day-to-day like on the street a lot of people are just like so rude to everybody they're like always in a rush Mm -hmm. everyone's going through something and you literally never ever know when people are battling really messed up thoughts or going through a hard time like yeah it happens every day like I've also realized like when I was have been depressed and I'm sure I'll be depressed again you know um that it's mm-hmm. like you wake up and you just like go through the motions of life and like, you know, you're crying uncontrollably yeah. and like no one notices. And that's like mm-hmm. the weird part that it's like you would think that the people you see every day would notice if you're sad. Exactly. But it's like and people just don't know. Like they're just in their own world. Yeah. And I feel sometimes like I really had like yesterday I felt so anxious and I wanted to go at, to a rehab because they have one here in Puerto Rico and it's like almost the best and they have pools and they have a gym and like it's big you know and I've wanted to go just in case because sometimes I feel like I'm gonna explode and I'm I'm scared of having that episode not of hurting myself but having a bad episode where like when I was younger, I used to have more panic attacks than like anxiety, and I couldn't even walk. So I'm like, I'm always scared, and I'm like, oh, I should not go to the center or something because it's not worth. Like I have like this piece, like trauma of mm-hmm. it of what I went through, and it's like super hard. Like I'm like, no, you have to be able to control yourself and you'll get out of this soon so that's how I kind of deal with it you know and I think it's normal Mm -hmm. to want to like I guess in some ways escape Mm -hmm. because I've also noticed like the older that I got it's like life is just like every day is like the same thing and it's like crazy how Mm -hmm. time is going by so fast you know time is happening regardless and so many things happen it's like life is crazy you know yeah, it is. It is. It's crazy. And we fear a little bit. Like, I know everybody processes life differently, but sometimes there are fears that, like, you're like, oh, my God, what what's going to happen? Like, what's going to happen with this? And sometimes your mental health goes down. And it's hard then. But I try to control it and just try to see and figure it out how and get a solution of how I'm gonna get out of any situation and just fight it you know yeah and listen (laughs) to yourself and like be just you know Mm -hmm. cater to like your needs at that moment sometimes like I'm very busy so sometimes I'm like I just need a break I'm just gonna chill for a second you know what I mean like I deserve it because everyone's like on the go (laughs) and everyone's so busy and whatever you just need to like just take a chill pill you know once in a while and you know just cater to yourself because a lot of people like they just forget themselves you know yes exactly exactly yeah I get you so what would you say to someone who wants to unalive themselves well I would tell them not to do it because life is beautiful and maybe they don't see it now but it is and Whatever situation they're going through is not worth because it's going to hurt people that they love and it's going to be sad that they won't be able to enjoy a lot of things that can fill them up with joy. And if they do, just try to talk to someone professional, try to talk to someone they really know and voluntary I would say I don't like saying this but I know I'm sure our rehabs and centers that they can help and I'm sure that not everyone is the same and just get some help before doing such situation because 
it's not worth it. It's not worth it because people won't stop there. People just if you're like if they're doing it just for like oh I want people to cry for me. No, people won't do that. People will keep going with their life, and they just won't. They will forget about it, and that's it. But I would say more like get help and talk to someone you really can trust mm -hmm. before doing such decision. Yeah, and talk to someone that you like. I think a lot of people they go through things, and also I think very important is to connect with people and try to like maintain mm -hmm. good friendships so that. Exactly. you can like actually have people to talk to about things like that and then you can mm -hmm. be a person that they can talk to and empathize mm -hmm. with and the more you connect to people the more you kind of realize like you're not alone and all relationships are you know they're time consuming but it's worth it exactly. when you connect and yeah I believe like you said I believe in, like the law of attraction like I have always felt like I have good friendships and it's because I always like I believe yeah. that so like I And also, like, I put the work in to, like, have good friends. Exactly. And and also, I say that about friendship, like, I would say if you have negative friends, they will affect that. Yeah. Like, you, they will affect you because they're not vibing with you. They're just going to be negative people that are feeding you negative energy. And just walk out of that group, even though you think it's good and it's normal that you could be doing whatever it is it is not it is not and it affects your mental health and your and I would say your soul I guess so it affects everything and just try to get new friends that that are value to your life that brings you joy being around them exactly so and no company mm -hmm. is better than bad company And exactly. there's also another quote that I really like, which is you haven't lived your best days yet. Mm -hmm. And giving up is sometimes, you know, the easiest thing in the moment. But when you mm -hmm. like overcome obstacles in life, it makes you, you know, like, I guess, more prepared for the next obstacle. Yes. And you look back and like sometimes, you know, you're going to be in a better place and you look back and you're like, wow, like I really, you don't even remember like feeling so bad, you know? Exactly. In life, like, you know, we have, you know, hopefully like more years ahead of us and it's a privilege, you know, to be, you know, on this earth at this time and life sucks sometimes and life is beautiful, but like that's life. Like that is the definition of like life is just like time passing and you know making memories and stuff and a lot of that has to do with our control of like you know what it's, we do yeah, our habits is. and our interests and and I do think that you know life like we should just chase like the things that make us happy like you said like painting mm -hmm. and things that made you happy when you were a child so. yeah because sometimes we forget who we were like I used to be really secure of myself but at the same time like my teens I was just going through this rebellious face and I used to be so I felt good about myself I wasn't thinking and yes I was feeling sad I was feeling depressed I was feeling anxious I was feeling my anxiety my panic attacks and so on and but I wasn't thinking on that because I was doing bad stuff like I was hanging out too much I would escape from my house because the situation was not the best and I had these friends that they weren't weren't the best either like we were trying to figure out our lives like and I stopped doing things that I used to care for me and do for me that they were just like people was like oh you have to mature you have to grow up you have to be an adult you have to start going doing this doing that and I'm like what so just do things that make you happy when you were a child or things you forgot that you knew how to do and yeah it, it helps yeah and everyone's journey is different you know like mm -hmm. some people who've had it all up to this point like they're gonna struggle later in life some people struggled early you know and then later in life they're not gonna struggle but you really shouldn't compare yourself to anybody because we're all exactly. on yeah. our own journeys true true especially with social media like yeah you shouldn't 
saying like, if you want Kim Kardashian's life, you know, like go ahead and work for it, fine, but work for it on your own, like yeah, work for it as you are, not like them, because but is is another thing, you know, it's not not everyone has that life. But at the same so, time, they none <laughs> of them like have a healthy relationship, like with exactly they don't have they have i know they have their issues because i can see it and you see it and physically they don't accept themselves um, yeah so literally like money isn't everything fame is not everything Mm -hmm. and imagine like your issues their issues are aired out everywhere internationally so like even that sucks you know what i mean like that's not worth it you know what a best example of it I would say is an actor that I truly I used to adore when I was a kid like Robin Williams oh, he was yeah. giving us a lot of smiles and no one actually knew what he was going through like no one and it's sad that I miss that actor so much but it's something that if you're going through something talk about it because he had all the fame in his, the talent, the way to make us laugh, and he was suffering. He was suffering a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So you can never judge, you know, other people. And, mm-hmm. You know, of course, everyone has emotions, and they should feel them. And people shouldn't be, like, fake happy all the time. Definitely not. Exactly. But, exactly. like, you know, at the grocery store, like, you know, be kind. Like, smile at people. Mm-hmm. Open the door for people. Yeah. Even if they like treat you exactly. bad, I yeah. just I just smile at them at least, or I ask them how the day's going, and they start to talk, and okay, yeah. they tell me. So people yeah. just want someone to listen to them and like be there for them, and a mm-hmm. lot more people are lonelier than we think. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, we just you know all have our sets of problems, and we just have to keep on going. <laughs> exactly. So thank you so much. This was a great topic, and I'm glad that we were able to talk about something that a lot of people don't really like to either admit or no one really knows about because no one really, you know, expresses that they've been, you know, in a mental health facility or a lot of people don't even admit that, you know, they're depressed. Yeah, I think it's important to talk about and it's honest. Mm-hmm. It's an honest conversation, and I'm glad you're here today. Thank you for having me here like I was waiting so long for this like I was so excited (laughs) to be able to express what I've been through and well my experience you know so (laughs) you know a lot of people go through it too so Mm -hmm. yeah you know the more you realize that the more people open up and talk about their problems the more you realize that other people are going to feel safer Mm -hmm. you know to admit certain things yeah they won't feel scared of expressing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much. Thank you. And don't forget <laughs> that you're a bad bitch, okay? <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I won't forget. Right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>